This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the Champion Forum Podcast. For those of you that are new to the show, welcome. I want to tell you a little bit about the show if you are new. This podcast, it's really dedicated to raising up leaders. Really, that's the essence of it. Not just any leader, but leaders who know that they are not only called to grow the organizations that they're in, but to help their team members become the best that they can absolutely be. If that's you, this show is for you. My goal on this show is to challenge and inspire you with an episode that comes out every single week that's going to help you reach your full potential. I do this by laying out leadership principles in a very step-by-step approach. If you want to learn more about my why, and maybe you are newer to the show, and um, you're not really sure what this Jeff Hancher guy is all about, if you want to learn this why behind the show and to get to learn more about me, make sure you go back to the very first episode some three years ago, and it'll kind of tell you how we got to the first episode and why the mission is so important to me. And I also want to thank every listener that tunes in each and every week that makes me a part of their journey. I am truly humbled, and I'm very fulfilled to serve you in this way. Well, look, uh, today today we embark on part three in our series of feedback. I hope you have been enjoying these two episodes so far on feedback. We got plenty more of this to come. This is a, um, I, I would say this is a labor of love for me, this series on feedback. Um, as you know, if you are a listener, I spend a lot of time inside companies uh, doing consulting, building cultures, establishing cultures, establishing leadership brands. I do a lot of executive coaching. And, you know, as I ponder this journey that I'm on to serve companies and serve leaders and executives, and I think about my own journey, you know what I really boil this whole thing down to? Feedback. Really, if you think about this, Every leader that has any level of legacy has found a way to be great at giving feedback. Leadership is about communication. And there's leaders listening that are saying, I give feedback, Jeff. I'm good. I give feedback. Well, have you ever sat back and wondered why are some leaders great and some leaders are good and some leaders, well, not so good? It's because the great leaders do things great consistently. They're not a flash in the pan. They do it well over the long haul. They're committed to it. Because giving feedback alone is not the goal. Giving feedback that has impact is the goal. Remember, I talked about this in the first couple sessions of, you know, the heart, the essence, the root of feedback. It's really to change a behavior and modify next steps. And isn't that what leadership does? You take this ball of clay as a leader and through one feedback session, one, one opportunity, one tough conversation, one attaboy, one motivational comment, whatever it might be, you start to take this clay and you start to build it into a masterpiece. And that doesn't happen in hours. That doesn't happen in days. Sometimes it doesn't happen in months. Sometimes it happens over years, but it's consistently doing it right over time. 
so far we've talked about and we've established why feedback's a gift. We've also talked about the common reasons that leaders avoid giving feedback. There are reasons and these are real. This isn't about do I think feedback's valuable. I might be getting hung up on why I'm not doing it. What will happen if I do? We talked about that in the last episode. And my hope is that you now have established the value of feedback and you've committed to improving in this area. That's a good first step to be, even if you're terrible at this. Just getting it in your mind to say, I'm committed to it, I'm going to get better at it, and I'm willing. If you're there and you're horrible, if you're at least there, this is a great turning point for you. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be breaking down the types of feedback, how, when to use the types of feedback. It's important also uh, to establish that not all feedback is created equal. I think that's important to talk about. It's just as important to know that leadership is situational. And you know this as a leader. You know, you walk in one day and it's one way. You walk in the next day, it's another day. You walk in one day and Joe's acting this way. And you walk in another day and Joe's not acting that way at all. He's acting totally different. Leadership is situational. That's why there's not a formula for leadership. There's leadership tact. Leadership tact is assessing the room, assessing the person, assessing the relationship, assessing the behavior, the body language, all of these things so that I can pull the right feedback tool out and use it when it's appropriate. And that's how you should think of feedback. You should think of feedback as tools in your tool belt. You have many types of tools in your tool belt. You choose tools based on the task, right? And you also choose tools based off of the effectiveness of a tool. Now, look, I'm no carpenter here, but I I mean, I understand tools. And and here's what I think I know. I, I think you can pound a nail with a screwdriver into a wall. But wouldn't it be more effective to use a hammer? And by the way, if my contractor's listening, he's like, Jeff actually probably did at one point try to nail, uh, put a nail in the wall with a screwdriver. I'm not good at that stuff. But I think we all know that a hammer would be more effective. But you could use a screwdriver. But just because you can doesn't mean that you should. So today we're going to break, uh, we're going to start breaking these feedback tools down. And we're going to begin by starting with the first tool that we're going to discuss. And that's direct feedback. Direct feedback. What is it? Direct feedback is explicit. It's straightforward. It leaves very little room for any level of interpretation or ambiguity. Now, many listening would say, Jeff, that's my style. And, 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 and they would say, I like straightforward and to the point. I'm that guy. I'm that girl. I'm that leader. I, I get right to it, man. No filter here. Firm and direct. And look, I think there's a place for that. However, (laughs) I got to caution you because here's what I've learned over my leadership journey is that direct feedback is not appropriate in every situation. Take, for example, you have a high tenured peak performer that crushes their results month after month, every single month. They're killing it. And they've been doing this for years. Peak performer. However, last month they missed their quota. Uh Uh-oh. My years of experience tells me that this person typically doesn't receive direct feedback well. They would, this would be a great scenario for collaborative feedback, which we're going to get into uh, next, next week. When the feedback is ultra direct to a consistent peak performer, you run the risk of them feeling unappreciated 
and that they're never allowed to have an off month. They're never allowed to make a mistake. All these years, I have one off month, and you're coming with this direct approach. We don't want a direct approach in there. Now, look, know your team. There are some people that it's like, Jeff, my peak performer, when they have an off month, they're such an alpha person. It's the only way to talk to them. Know your team. I'm giving you some general leadership principles. By the way, even if they are an alpha, there's nothing wrong with a collaborative approach, especially with a peak performer, because collaborative says I'm coming with you and I'm going to let you get to the end result. Don't we owe that to a high tenured peak performer? The most appropriate scenario to give direct feedback to a peak performer is when you're giving direct feedback for a job well done. Peak performers love this. Positive direct feedback is great for peak performers because they often have a little bit of an ego. Say I'm wrong. They do, right? And and rightly so. And never just tell this peak performer, nice job, which by the way, nice job, that's direct feedback. Hey, you did a nice job, direct feedback. Say, very nice job saving that customer, Joe. I truly valued how you were able to deliver a value prop in a way that compelled them to stay with our company at a fair price point. You do such a great job, Joe, at articulating the features and benefits of our program. That goes a long way from, hey, Joe, nice job. Nice job, attaboy fist pump. No, I'm getting in it. Like, I want you to know exactly what I observed, and I want to draw that out of you. Man, it feels good to hear that, right? And peak performers, you know, they need that. They need that fuel. But if it's negative feedback that you have to give, which, by the way, peak performers need, we talked about that in feedback avoidance. What, what if I give a peak performer feedback and they get upset? What if I give, oh, my, what if I give a peak performer feedback and they quit? Oh, man. So you know what we're going to do? We're just not going to give feedback at all. No. Everybody under your leadership you owe it to them to find ways to help them improve, even the peak performer, even the number one person in your company. We have to find ways to incrementally help them get better because this is where loyalty happens. Let's talk about this direct feedback approach. Let's break this down a little bit. The direct feedback approach, it uses statement. It's a statement. This, this type of approach, it feels mandatory. It's very compliance-driven. So when's it best used? I have found it to be best used with new employees. Um, the other alternative is any situation where you just say, I cannot leave anything open to interpretation, but new employees, they need this. They absolutely need it. Not only do new employees need direct feedback, they crave it. You would be doing a new employee a disservice by not providing them with direct feedback. New employees need to know how things are done and how exactly to succeed. This is where we get that three-ring binder out, you know, that onboarding binder. And we're like going through this thing. Back in the day, we used to have three-ring binders for onboarding. Oh, my gosh, any of my old CentOS peeps, somebody's listening to this and laughing because we used to have a ball with this. But I'll tell you what, the process worked because there was no new employee under my watch that was going to be like, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what to do next because day by day, hour by hour, it was all laid out very direct in approach. And we absolutely saw the results from it. World class. They need to know how things are done. I don't care what their resume said. I don't care how long they've been in the industry. I don't care how great they were at their last job. By onboarding a new employee and giving them direct feedback, we're giving them the gift of clarity and we're giving them the gift of expectations. Can you imagine going into the orientation 
um, of a new employee and beginning to ask questions like, so new employee, how do you think we should go about this? Uh, hey, do you have any thoughts on how you can be more successful in this assignment you're about to take on? They would look at you like you're nuts. Like that is not the time for collaborative feedback. When a leader provides robust direct feedback to a new hire, they are ensuring that the new person understands expectations and they understand how to succeed in their role. They might not be good at it yet. Most likely they won't be, but they're going to have an understanding. They're going to have clarity and clarity is a gift that you can give to this new hire. Direct feedback's the way to go. And there's many examples of this. You could go up to your new employee and say, hey, I really appreciate your enthusiasm to contribute in this capacity. In this role, we expect you to complete at least two marketing campaigns every month. This involves some thorough research on your part, creative content, and we're going to need timely execution. And here's some best practices to ensure that you succeed in doing that. Here's a mentor. Here's a YouTube video to watch. Here's a manual to read. Here's a policy, whatever it might be, but very, very direct. The second best use of direct feedback is when you're in critical situations. And goodness sake, we know as leaders, critical things come up. Critical things happen. They happen more times than maybe we would even like. And when immediate action is required to address, let's say, a safety concern, maybe an ethical issue, uh, or any urgent matter, fill in the blank, direct feedback can ensure a very swift response to prevent a negative con consequence when the critical happens. This could also include time-sensitive events because um, sometimes we know the clock's ticking and we got to move. This is an impending event. We got to move. We got to beat the clock. I mean, think about it. There's no time left on the clock. Our team's down and we need to score. We have no timeouts left. Now is not the time for a huddle. The coach has to call the play. There will be times when you're faced with this as a leader and you will be forced to be direct and decisive and use your best discretion to create the best possible outcome, knowing you might not be making the right call. This is where you got to hope and you got to pray that your gut is right. It's not always going to be right, but now is not the time to caucus. Now is not the time to huddle. There is no time for that. You are the captain of the ship. You call the play, direct feedback. You know, you, you could have a, a critical situation, um, and a lot of these come up in safety. You may, let's say that you're in a manufacturing facility and uh, you, you have you've seen somebody neglecting safety standards and protocols, uh, which has led to some near miss accidents. Well, you go up to that person, you see them maybe not lifting the box the right way. They're not lifting safely, whatever. You just go straight up to them and you say, listen, safety is non-negotiable here. And your disregard for safety protocol, it's endangering yourself and probably other people. You need to strictly follow these guidelines so that you don't get hurt. I saw how you were lifting that box. And if you continue to do that, you're going to have a major injury on your hands. And I don't want to let that happen to you. Wow. Okay, direct. Does that mean that you're a monster, that you should be screaming at them? No, it's just very direct because it's eminent. It's a critical situation. If I continue to allow this person lift that way, even in the moment, they may herniate a disc. They may be in back surgery. Who knows what could happen? And as you can see, there, there's many benefits 
as well as many risks of direct feedback to be aware of. To every feedback scenario, there's pros and cons. One of the pros of direct feedback is it gives clarity. Direct feedback leaves little room for misunderstanding. Whoever's receiving it understands exactly what they did well or how specifically to do a task better in the future. The other thing I love about direct feedback is it's very efficient. It gets to the point pretty quickly, and this can save time, and it can help the person you're talking to make changes fast. But there are cons of direct feedback. If you don't do direct feedback right, one of the cons is it it can create emotional impact. Direct feedback can be perceived as harsh or critical by some people, and this could lead to emotional reactions. This could lead to defensiveness. The key to this, if you're going to use direct feedback when it's appropriate, you have to soak it in a tone of empathy. This will absolutely help soften the blow. Now, listen, hear hear me on this. I'm not saying to be a soft leader. I'm about tough-minded leadership. I'm about firm and direct. But I will tell you this, you better know your audience because if you're too direct and too firm, you're going to miss the target you're going to miss the opportunity. Let's think about, again, why are we giving feedback? To improve or modify a next action. That's what we're trying to do. So we got to do that in the way that the person receiving it will hear it, will feel it, will internalize it. If you're not good at giving direct feedback, you're going to demotivate some people. They're going to lose all motivation. If you don't deliver tactfully direct feedback, it will demotivate some people. And this makes them feel discouraged. It makes them feel undervalued. Again, this is typically true of a high tenured or peak performer. And I know what you're saying. I've heard it. Oh, Jeff, my peak performers, man, they're bulletproof. I don't even know if they have a heart. If they do, it's probably black. They're they're just leave bodies in the wake kind of person. Here's what I'm here to remind you. That might be true, but they are a human being. They might, they might just have a thick exterior, but inside they're dying and you would never know. And I will tell you this, these are the ones that quit and don't tell you the real reason why they're leaving. Be careful here. In all these scenarios, the key is to balance directness with empathy and then pepper in a little bit of sensitivity. Not weak, not soft, but empathetic. While direct feedback is no doubt valuable, it should be delivered with respect And it should be delivered with consideration for the person that you're talking to, respecting their feelings, respecting what motivates them. What are their drivers? You should already know this if you're leading well. This isn't an event. This is who we are. We lead daily, not in feedback moments. We lead every day. We make big deposits. Why? So we can make big withdrawals. Leaders, you need to create an environment where open communication, it's encouraged so that employees feel comfortable when they're receiving direct feedback. And by the way, providing feedback to you. It's a two-way street. It's a, it's a two-way, two-way opportunity here for leaders to give and receive feedback. It's so important for leaders to assess the individual. What is their personality? What are their cultural differences? What emotional state are they in right now when you're about to deliver the direct feedback to ensure that it's received in a positive and effective way? You got to scan the room a little bit. You got you to look at all the clues that are in front of you. There's hints that are being dropped at you. Are you looking for them? 
Do you want to see the hints? Or, or are you just, I'm on a mission, I'm going to deliver, rip the Band-Aid off, make it happen? Again, I opened up by saying, this isn't just about feedback. Great leaders, legacy-type leaders, they've ha- they have found a way to deliver this with tremendous impact. When you build an environment of trust, it changes the entire game. You need to encourage open dialogue so that feedback is flowing both to and fro. When team members trust that feedback, it's aimed at them getting better, they're more likely to embrace it. You know, when you think about leaders that have had the biggest impact on you, you might not have always liked the negative feedback they gave you, but looking back now, you're glad they did. If you had some amazing parents, that's probably how you felt too. It's like they didn't like it in the moment, but man, when they're like 27 and it's like you're about to walk your daughter down the aisle, she's like, hey, dad, I'm so glad that you were tough on me when I was a teenager because, man, I was probably tough to deal with. Isn't that so gratifying? Isn't that gratifying as a leader? We're not here to be their pals. We're not here to win the win the popular vote all the time or be their buddy or play Minecraft with them on the weekend. No, there's a big world. Go find friends. I'm here to lead you. I'm here to make you better. I am on a mission to help you reach your fullest potential. And I'm going to use every feedback tool in my disposal to make sure we get there inch by inch. Appreciate you all joining today. I appreciate you engaging in this discussion around feedback. I hope you take this back to your team. In the coming weeks, we're going to be discussing three additional types of feedback as well. These will be additional tools in your tool belt because not all feedback is created equal. Over time and a lot of practice, you're going to get very comfortable assessing what feedback tools should be used given the person and the situation that's in front of you. Remember, feedback, it's inevitable, and it is an invaluable tool in your leadership arsenal. When you master the art of giving feedback, you're not only guiding your team to success, but you're also fostering a culture of continuous improvement and growth. What a legacy that you are going to lead. Be sure to come back next week as I'm going to continue discussing feedback and specifically we're going to talk about the collaborative feedback approach. Until then, keep leading well and keep turning the pressure into potential. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.